0: During last night's presidential debate, moderator Chris Wallace asked President Donald Trump if he would condemn white supremacists. He did not. Instead, Mr. Trump claimed he sees most violence coming from the left. And he told the white supremacist group The Proud Boys to, quote, stand back and stand by. Odette Youssef is host of the third season of the WBEZ podcast, Motive, and this season looks at the beginnings of the youth white supremacist movement in the U.S. and right here in Chicago. Odette joins us now to provide a bit of context for the president's remarks. Hi, Odette. Hi, Lisa. So you've looked at how the movement has grown under Trump's presidency. How will last night's debate play out among supporters?
1: Well, Lisa, I think, first of all, it played out great to the Proud Boys. Um, The president of the U.S. spoke directly to them, a group characterized by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group, Um, and he spoke to them in a way that legitimized them. Um, So we saw in the aftermath of the debate some Proud Boys uh, tweeting and clearly exhilarated and encouraged by it. As to how it's going to play out with the president's uh, larger base, I think we could look to what happened after the tragic um, disaster of the Unite the Right rally in 2017 in Charlottesville, Virginia. You may recall, Lisa, the president's initial statement after a white supremacist drove into a crowd, uh, killing a counter-protester, saying there were fine people on both sides, To some of his supporters, that was emboldening. It was a signal that it's okay to openly display, promote, and embrace white supremacist views in America. But overall, Trump lost support from Republicans who felt that he had been bad for race relations. Now, that was three years ago. um, So I think we're just going to have to wait and see how the response is this time around.
0: Odette, you've reported on the key role the Chicago area has had in helping to grow the movement, and you've been talking with a lot of former members. How are they viewing the protests and counter-protests in major cities this summer?
1: The people I've spoken with have been just as surprised as anyone that suddenly, you know, over the summer, these conflicts erupted and that they seem to have sustained and spread You know, these guys that I've spoken to look at that conflict and and what they see is chaos. And for many, chaos uh, is an opportunity. Some of them told me that it's an opportunity to capitalize on the fears that other Americans may have about what seems to be kind of like a breakdown of order and to recruit those people, to draw them into their ideology of hate by falsely painting a hate movement as a solution to the chaos. Um, At worst, the unrest is seen by some in the movement as an opportunity to breed further chaos, to even plan terroristic attacks. Um, Whichever end of the spectrum those people were on that I've spoken to, you know, the goal is the same, to upend democracy in America and to replace it with something that rolls back any progress that this country's made on issues of race and gender.
0: Having spent all this time reporting on the growth and mainstreaming of the movement, what do we need to do to combat this kind of hate and extremism?
1: So I think the most immediate thing is if you're troubled by what you're seeing and the signals coming from the White House um, and you can vote, you can vote. Also, you know, there are a lot of resources out there today to educate yourself about being an anti-racist. But here's the big insight that I've had from working on the podcast, Lisa. The podcast focuses on the most extreme people in the movement. And the reason that we do that is because as long as those extremes are out there, whether it's guys that were wearing Nazi uniforms in the 70s in Marquette Park, or whether it's guys in 2018 that dress in like camo and a skull mask, those extremes are the ones that define the outer limits of what we as a society call acceptable. So anyone in the middle can at least point to them and say, hey, I'm not that guy. I'm not a racist or a hater because I don't do that. So what I've learned in doing this podcast, Lisa, is that it's the people in the middle that need to be checked. When you see racism, call it out. It doesn't have to be publicly or on social media or shaming that person, especially if they're not as far along in their thinking. But the goal is to, to maintain the strong values that you may have against racism in all its forms, whether explicit or, or covert, because otherwise the strategy to mainstream racist norms will work. And that's what we've seen.
0: WBEZ's Odette Youssef. Odette hosts the third season of the podcast Motive. It takes a deep look at white supremacy in the Chicago area during the 1980s. Thanks so much, Odette.
1: Thank you, Lisa.